for listening to FYI Stillwater, where you will hear information about your local government you didn't know you need to know straight from the source. Be sure to check out other news and information from the city of Stillwater at stillwater.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Fletcher, Director of Marketing and Public Relations. Today is January 10th, 2019, and my co-host is Jasmine Sievert, Video Specialist for the city. So how are you doing today, Jasmine? I am good. I'm good. I'm ready for this episode. We have Rob Hill today. He's going to be coming in at 290 pounds, six foot four inches, citizen preparedness master. And he's actually our director of emergency management. He's been with the city for 28 years. We're going to be talking to him about anything that falls under his department. But first, let's start with some fast facts about what emergency management does. Uh, their goal is to protect the lives and property of our residents. Uh, emergency management is responsible for the following actions. They reduce local threats, meet future threats through preparedness, respond to incidents, direct recovery operations, and provide citizen health and safety resources. Okay, so let's bring in our guest, Rob Hill. Uh, welcome to FYI Stillwater. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Okay, so to kind of loosen you up and to kind of get us all started, we are going to do a lightning round of questions, and we're going to ask some random but revealing questions. Are you ready? So if I answer these correctly, what's my prize? Uh, probably a piece of gum. Oh. A pen, emergency <laughs> management pen. Oh, very good. <laughs> nice. Okay, go ahead. What's something you want to do in the next year that you've never done? Skydiving. Really? I thought you were going to go with that Alaska fishing. Well, skydiving's cheaper and it's here. So. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Oh, you okay. can do that here. Yeah. yeah. Well, in Cushing. So ah. I'm going to go for the low hanging fruit. So you've never skydived? Because never jumped out of a perfectly good airplane on purpose ah, before. Yeah. So hold on. Let me flip back to a page. Does, are you qualified at 290 pounds, six foot four to skydive? Well, I don't know. That's a very good question. I mean, I'm going to fall. I'm going to free fall very well, but I don't know if they'll have a coach that I'll be attached to or if they're just going to push me out and go, when this when this dial turns red, pull the lever. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. Now, what is making you think this is a good idea? Actually, my, my kid talked me into it. My I got a 16-year-old junior, and, and um, she wants to skydive, and oh. she doesn't want to do it by herself, but she really wants to do it. and. Her mom said, absolutely no way. Yeah. So then she turns to dad and goes, man up, let's do it. That'd be a great, like, senior present. You two, dad and daughter, get to go skydiving. That'd be Just so don't awesome. Give her ideas. Yeah. <laughs> don't I give think her that ideas. would be awesome. Well, I'll tell you, I skydived, skydove. I don't know. what. Do you know what the technical? What did I, I do? <laughs> What's the past Skydived. Yeah. Um, this past year 2018 and it was not as like scary as everyone like thinks so oh it was awesome i really think you guys should do it for her 18th or whenever she graduates next question what irrational fear do you have obviously not jumping out of it like <laughs> obviously what irrational fear do i have well i don't know really i i'm gonna go with i don't know it's irrational but i don't like snakes Ooh, me either. I don't mm -hmm. like snakes. Yeah. I don't mind spiders. And, I, and you know, the little snakes, you know, the little uh -huh. bug snakes. I can catch them, get them out of the house and stuff. But big ones that are poisonous, nope, I'm out. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm out. I'm gone. Yeah, anything big and slithery is just kind of like I'm just not. If it doesn't have legs and it's moving to me really fast, yeah. there's something wrong there. That's I just yeah. watched a video on Facebook last night of a snake eating an entire frog. It was the 
oh it's disgusting anyways yeah i thought that'd be a good question for you since you're emergency management you know i didn't think you feared a lot of things because i think well we're about to get into um some topics about you but about emergency management you're kind of in all of the public safety realm so you're at some of the fires you're at some of the manhunts and stuff like that so it's pretty interesting in my personal life too you know i'm a volunteer firefighter and reserve police okay. officer so i get that exposure and I get to see a lot of things in those in those roles. So, um, yeah, um, as far as public safety goes, not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest fears, though, um, is having a disaster in the community that's very devastating, yeah. mm-hmm. where people lose their homes and lose their lives and stuff like that. That's one of the things that I fear the most that, that I hope and pray on a regular basis never happens to our community. Yeah, that would be difficult. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to, to see all those people in those desperate times of needs and know that we have limited resources and we have to depend on the government to, to help augment what we are already doing. And, and, and that's hard, and that's one of my biggest fears. Yeah, I can imagine. And you have to stay so strong, too, because you're, you're a resident of Stillwater. Well, mm-hmm. you live here, and your neighbors, you're needing to help all them, and you want to be – you're in the disaster just as much as them. Your house could get burned up, but – you have to it's your job mm-hmm. you don't get to sit there and you know weep and i'm over here in a corner like oh my gosh this tornado and you're out there like let's get and go find it let yeah. me give you one more question okay what tv show did you love as a kid dukes of hazard dukes of hazard yeah absolutely awesome yeah. i can see that not you know not for anything political <laughs> or anything that, that you know has come up in the last few years but it was just good old-fashioned cops chasing the cars fast cars Spinning out, speeding, dogs, dogs, whatever you know, <laughs> um, um, family life and, and stuff. But yeah, uh, Dukes of Hazard. That, um, that's a role model, right? <laughs> well, not necessarily a role model, but it's fun to drive <laughs> yeah. like that sometimes. No doubt. Um, you know, Smokey and the Bandit, stuff yeah. like that. Did you mm-hmm. ever dream across, dream dro- sliding across the hood of a General Lee? Well, I never done it across. <laughs> the, never done it across the General Lee, but in high school, you know, we tried to slide across the Camaro oh. one time and. <laughs> It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it's not I, as smooth as it They make it look easy. I don't think I did it right. Yeah. <laughs> or the hood wasn't waxed enough or something. Yeah. All right, Sherry. Okay. Well, uh, now we now we got to know Rob a little bit better <laughs> and know that snakes are not, like, high on this list. Uh, well, anyway, thank you for joining FYI Stillwater today. Um, before we kind of get into some of the, uh, the nuts and bolts of emergency management, how did you end up as a, an emergency management uh, professional? So that will go actually way back to my childhood to go back to the beginning, but we won't cover that last 40-plus years. But my dad actually mm-hmm. started in this profession and was the Payne County Civil Defense Director. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I was probably five, six years old when he mm-hmm. took that position. And um, I just tagged along with him just about everywhere. And then when I got old enough um, – well, there was a transition mm-hmm. from county to Stillwater, and Stillwater hired him as the emergency coordination communications director. Mm-hmm. And when I was old enough to drive, I was old enough to be a volunteer to go storm spotting, work barricades, special events, do disaster assessments, and so forth. And and um, I just always maintained that level of, of um, um, responsibility as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated high school, I started working at Parks and Recreation. Right. And um, I don't know, 13 years or so after, 
um, you know, still storm spotting and stuff. Um, there was um, um, employee change in the city of Stillwater structure, and um, Kirk Middlestep took the position. And because of the knowledge that I had for the job or for the department, I was asked to come over and, and backfill some of those positions at the same time help get us transitioned into the new building. And that just worked itself into a full-time job and then worked with um, my predecessor, Kirk Middlestep, for I think the next 13 years. Um, and then um, when he retired, I was promoted to his position as director and have done that since um, Ju June of 2015. So even though you've been with the city for 28 years, you've been an emergency management volunteer in some capacity yes for basically your whole life pretty much yes wow yes. so you basically should know like everything there is to know about well you would think that but you know constantly um there are things that change at the national level at mm -hmm. the federal level there are things that change at the state level every time there's a, a national disaster or incident there's a new process that comes out because an old process wasn't um, um, adequate um, so we're constantly having to learn, we're constantly having to go to school, we're constantly having to train mm -hmm. on, on new techniques and new processes and, and new ways to process. Um, you know, in emergency management, there's four phases. Um, it's it's um, prepare or planning, response, recovery, and mitigation. Mm -hmm. And the world that we live in is the planning process and the mitigation process. And so that's where you spend the majority of your time. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, so in addition to responding to emergencies, you have a lot of other responsibilities, right? Yeah, so in my job description, one of my most favorite um, line items in my job description is other duties as assigned. Yes. So. That's um, the best one, Yeah, isn't it? absolutely. So um, just, to, just to name a few and in, in no particular order, but communications, um, and what that is is, is a version of telecommunications. Mm -hmm. So. Radios. So when you see police, fire, um, stored power, um, anybody that's out using any type of radio equipment, that all falls underneath our department mm -hmm. as, far, as part of the communications aspect. Um, and then we have um, safety and security for the building for the, for City Hall. So uh -huh. um, that's talking about camera systems. That's talking about control access systems or access control yeah. systems for the building. Who can get in and where can they go? And that becomes just more and more important as the world changes. Absolutely. And um, um, it's actually becoming more impactful um, yearly yeah. for us. But um, so we, ha we have that. Um, and not only – and then, well – and then you have our regular job responsibilities. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things that we've taken on here recently, um, and we're, we're, we're very glad to be able to branch out into this because it gets us some exposure and it gets uh, the awareness piece mm -hmm. that we want out to the community, but um, we participate with staff a lot in special events. Right. That's something that um, is, is it's not a, kind of a quasi part of our job, but it also allows us to make sure that anytime we have a special event that's city-hosted, city-related, um, that we've put an eye to it to make sure that we've done all the planning and preparation that we can. So, but a special event would be uh, parades, uh, parades, what else? homecoming. Um, every time Stephanie um, at the community center has an event, um, we, we get to put an eye to it and, s and see, you know, what their safety plans are. You know, downtown Halloween festival. Like uh, if a road is closed, road closures. You know, what, how do you protect that road? Or absolutely, what, what possible. Um, 
how you would get people out if there was a problem, that type of thing? Yes, we're yeah. the coordination piece for okay. all of that. So we bring all those people together and we and we, get, and we work through the planning process. Yeah. So, um, And that's, that's become um, pretty daunting here lately mm-hmm. because I think um, I saw where um, Stephanie had close to 200 events last year. Yeah. And not every one of them were we um, involved in because some of them are private. But but that is a, a good thing to mention is that a lot of the um, private events are being now requested to provide their safety plan for their event. Right, and, because and cause we could have emergency uh, uh, police or fire need to respond to something. We need to know how the, the event is laid out, how you're going to access What the they're going to do you know, if they yeah. have an emergency and how can we just inject ourselves into their response right. plan or vice versa so that we can streamline the recovery process or the response process and the recovery process. Um, you also do the storm warning sirens. Yeah, outdoor yeah. warning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's 55 storm sirens in, in, um, in our system. Um, there's 52 in Stillwater, and that includes Stillwater and Campus, and then there's two at Lake Carl Blackwell and one at Lake McMurtry. So what does that mean, that, w- that we have an outdoor warning system? So our current system, the way um, we activate it is we test on the first Tuesday of each month, weather permitting, and if not, then we roll to the next Thursday and then keep leapfrogging Tuesdays and Thursdays till we can get it done. But the only time that we activate our outdoor warning system, if it's not for a test, is for a tornado warning, an immediate call to action for an emergency response by people in the community. And the biggest um, misunderstood um, part of our outdoor warning system is the fact that when we activate them, it's not for people in their homes. It's not for people inside their businesses. It's not for anybody indoors. It's meant for people outdoors to let them know that there is an immediate life safety issue and we need them to go inside and take cover as a result of hearing that. And a lot of people will call when we test or we activate and they'll go, well, I can't hear them in my house or I can't hear them in my business or I I was indoors and didn't hear them. And we we have to go through the the process of explaining why Mm -hmm. they, they can't because back in the 30, 40 years ago, construction wasn't as good as what it is today insulation wasn't as good as what it is today mm-hmm. and windows weren't as soundproofed and stuff so um, there's lots of reasons but it's always been for outdoor so one of the follow-up questions we get to that is why why do you activate them at night when there's not very many people outside well we use every tool and every resource that we have available to us to relay to the community that there is an immediate life safety issue. Mm-hmm. And so we, we activate the storm sirens even in the middle of the night because there are people in the summertime and the springtime that are outside either ex- exercising, recreating, camping. riding a bike, camping, you know, anything, mm-hmm. um, even working. Well, driving. Could be driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be anything. Um, and so we, wanna, we want those people to know as well. So, yes, the... the population portion that we reach is not as high but we're still reaching those people and then we they they know that there's an emergency i don't know if i was dreaming this or what but i thought you told me once that the storm sirens can do more than just make a siren noise Mm -hmm. they can actually say things over them if there's an emergency and they need to that's right. right um our our storm sirens um in the 80s were replaced we used to have mechanical storm sirens and all they would do is make a few noises Mm -hmm. a few different sounds air raid sound tornado siren or the steady and then a whale sound well we still have those capabilities but in addition to that we we can also um, activate the public address system 
So when we activate for a warning, a true warning, a real warning, and this is this was a result mm-hmm. of somebody called our office and said, hey, how do we know it's not um, a lightning strike or a malfunction? How do we know that it's a real activation? Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't have a good answer for that, so we had to go back to the drawing board, and one mm-hmm. of the things that we came up with was we will activate the storm siren. It will sound the, the steady sound for three minutes or approximately three minutes, as soon as that's done, then we'll follow that up with a public address and let them know who it is, what the emergency is, and what we want them to do as a result of that. And that is their, that's the qualification that says this is real. Because not only did we, were we outside and we heard the storm sirens, but we heard the public address as well saying it's a okay. tornado warning and to take shelter. Oh my gosh. Um, so if I am not close to one of those and I really can't hear it or it's at night and it doesn't wake me up, but there are radios to have in your house that has the same type of uh, emergency Abs- function. What Ab- are those are those are called NOAA weather radios, and those weather radios um, they they vary. They're like it's like buying a car. Uh-huh. You can buy the low end model for like twenty dollars and it only does a handful of features, or you can spend upwards of a hundred dollars and get one that does all kinds of different things. It's you know it's AM FM radio and has alarm clock and all these other different. Um, um, potentials, but the the basic one, the most basic one that we see people buying is the one that's twenty nine ninety five. Um, they program it for your county, mm-hmm. so that when the National Weather Service in your area, the the weather forecasting office in your area activates either for a severe thunderstorm warning or a, a thunderstorm watch, whatever whatever warnings you want to know. Um, most people set them up for thunderstorm warnings and tornado warnings. So why would I want one of those whenever I could just turn my cable on in and get you know uh, channel four or something so one of the things that we do in our office is we practice a lot of redundancy Mm -hmm. Um, just to give you an example so you said that you have tv in your house um, and and we'll come back to that because there you you got very close to a good point there but um, we we practice she does that a lot she gets real close to the point so she well um, (laughs) she she triggered a thought for me but one of the things that we do is we we practice redundancy um, we have two satellite feeds. We have some internet feeds. We have radar that um, we purchase, mm-hmm. radar programs that we purchase within our office structure. We also, as a backup, have a NOAA weather radio in our office mm-hmm. to receive the National Weather Service warnings just on the, on the chance that um, a warning may have come up and there may be a failure in some of our other systems. But to go back to what you were talking about, Sherry, was... You can turn the TV on and you can watch the weather. Right. They interrupt my show. And they interrupt <laughs> your show and you and you get upset because you don't know who actually killed so and so or who's who was the father of the baby. You oh know my that type God. of stuff. Yeah. Yes. So so people do get upset, but at the same time the most important thing is to remember that in the Oklahoma City area and the Tulsa area their coverage area is for the Oklahoma City and Tulsa area. Now they mm-hmm. boast when there's no weather, they cover the news for a much larger audience but when it's severe weather and the w- weather starts moving into that local area they only focus on that weather now they may jump out and go hey Stillwater you're seeing mm-hmm. this or hey Ponca, care you're about seeing the this, but they won't stay there right and that's what that's what we're wanting so with that NOAA weather radio you'll know exactly what the National Weather Service is saying about our area um, you'll know um, when it's a tornado warning where the tornado mm-hmm. is likely to occur 
if it's a severe thunderstorm warning, what the threats are with the thunderstorm warning. It'll tell you on the weather radio. Right. Um, it's all automated and it's all done automatically, um, but you can get that information. And, and believe it or not, no weather radio, all of the subscriptions that we have, all the feeds that we pay for every year, everything that we do, all stems from them, from the National right. Weather Service. So you would essentially have the same information that we have in our office that we turn around and and provide back to the community. That's so been vetted and and you you know that it you can trust it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So um, because I said earlier we we do redundancy. Um, not only do we have no weather radio in our office, but we all subscribe to the Be Informed Stillwater. Mm-hmm. We all get those weather notices on our phones in our office. Um, we all follow our social media accounts because we have those set up so that we have a, a computer that receives warnings. And, and we can set it up through an algorithm, and it will discriminate against warnings that we don't care about. It will only tell us about what's happening here, and we send that to Twitter and to Facebook. And then um, when, we, when we get the opportunity, we, we update Instagram. Instagram is one of the ones that doesn't allow you to auto-feed yeah. to. Um, so we have the social media sites, but we also have um, web page. So if, if you hear the weather's going to be bad, you can go to our weather web page, and you can go look at some of the sites that we have listed so you can see how to be prepared. Um, there's, uh, there's just multiple ways to get information. So mm-hmm. web page, social media, the National Weather Service through the NOAA Weather Radio, the Be Informed Stillwater mm-hmm. through, the, through the mass notification messaging system. There's all kinds of ways to get that information. And one of the things that we try to do when we, when we do um, social media and, uh, and the web page is we try to make it very specific to Stillwater. We want people to know that our primary focus is not Oklahoma City, but it is for the Stillwater area mm-hmm. so that people know that what they're seeing is for us and not for somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I may have went a little long there. Oh, no. one thing I wanted to say. The mm-hmm. NOAA Weather Radio, I don't have one. I should get one. They, I'm guessing they also run off battery, too. You can have it plugged in because that seems like a good reason to have it in your house, too. You know, if your electric goes out to run Satellite that thing. dish is gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, almost every model that I'm aware of will either plug into 110 AC or run off of batteries. Okay. And if you get, you know, if you do buy one that runs off batteries, we recommend that every time time changes, Mm -hmm. that you change the batteries just Mm -hmm. like you would with your smoke detector and your carbon monoxide detector and everything else. So we recommend that um, you change the batteries in them twice a year. And yes, it seems a lot. And yes, the the package only calls for once a year, but you know, how how valuable is your safety? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, so can't really put a price on that so we encourage people to change those batteries out uh, is there anything else that you would like to discuss before we let you go well we, we do so much in our office I honestly I wouldn't know where to start I mean mm-hmm. in addition to everything else we talked about we we maintain and uh, monitor a flash flood system for the right. Stillwater, city of Stillwater which works um, hand-in-hand with our um, stormwater programs manager um, so, so that's um, very important to them. It also is important to development services, who else, uh, um, who, el- who we also work very closely with, sorry, mm-hmm. um, and Paul Dennison in her office, mm-hmm. and, you know, to try to build a resilient community through codes and, and building standards and stuff. So um, we're very integrated into the community, or in, into the city of Stillwater, and, and as a result, into the community. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Because you're not just sitting there waiting for an emergency. No, we're yeah. we are in the planning and yeah. the mm-hmm. and the um, mitigation yeah. uh, part more than we are anything else. Yeah. So, um, you know, we we have a roster of, of volunteer specialists that um, is I think there's 18 on the roster right now that um, they train with us side by side with us and they meet once a month uh, and they're the actual ones that go out and do the storm spotting for us so uh, we have lots of things that are going on all the time in our office that um, um, we always have something going we never have a down month yeah so because there's always something to be planning always something going on I mean for example December 1st of December last year tornado in Oklahoma right yeah, and then we turned around, and there was the potential for uh, winter weather mm-hmm. to impact our area. And, um, you know, unfortunately, depending on your point of view, for me, it was unfortunately, but we were just a little too far north to not get that much no snow. snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, but there's always something. I mean, we're looking at fire season coming up. Mm-hmm. We're looking wildfires. at wildfires. Yeah, wildfires are coming mm-hmm. up, so we're getting prepared for that. We're working with the fire department. Um, we're just going back through and readdressing some of the things that um, would require us to deploy with them to help support them in their efforts. And then also, um, we're already beginning training for severe weather for this spring. So right. um, never a dull moment, never, never a downturn. Never a dull moment. No kidding. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's a lot of good information, a lot well, of you. things for people to really consider. And if they don't have one of those NOAA radios, that's probably should You can be buy those at any retail outlet that sells electronics. And Absolutely. especially in Stillwater, yeah. so not to name any names, but if you go to a, if you go to a box store, you're, you're going to be able to find. You can find one. Awesome. awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, Thank you. and Thank we'll probably you. have you back you whenever me. we get a little closer to uh, uh, severe weather. You bet. So you can Thanks for serving our community too, because yeah. you're out there with the fire and the police and whatnot, and I think. People don't quite see, you know, what emergency management is or does. So, yeah, thank you for doing that. Absolutely welcome. Okay, well, that was a lot of information, and uh, a lot of this stuff is on the city's webpage. If you go to uh, the government tab and departments and get into emergency management, you can read a lot of this in a little more detail. They have some FEMA stuff on there, some videos of the shutdowns. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's uh, go to the mailbox, uh, Jasmine. Uh, So the city receives questions in a lot of ways, including email, social media, even phone calls. So here was something that was posted, I believe, on Facebook. Uh, Cindy asks, maybe it's my imagination, but based on the number of announcements in emergency and unplanned uh, water interruptions in Stillwater, there seems to be an awful lot of water line breaks occurring. Uh, So what's going on here, Jasmine? Well, that's a good question, Cindy. Uh, the city of Stillwater, they actually, we maintain over 500 miles of water pipe, which includes two rural water systems. And with a system this large, leaks can be caused by a variety of reasons, including, you know, old infrastructure, damage from contractors and other others digging and other system issues. And so system upgrades continue to be made to improve um, the system's quality while reducing future issues and outages. So. Um, that's kind of a little bit of we don't know exactly what area you're you're at um, but we have so many different pipes running underneath the city and some are aging like I said because um, some so of these pipes could have been the original pipes mm-hmm. like from 1910 1920 mm-hmm. so uh, so there's there's a lot of situations going on there and uh you know the we do have staff that go out and they take care of it because making sure that people have water is really a high priority Mm -hmm. so uh, a lot of people working on this and the water 2040 uh project if you're not familiar with it is a uh, citywide 
project that uh, is improving the entire water system for uh, many years in the future. Uh, let's go to the next question. That's a really good question. Um, so the question was, I believe, in response to a press release we sent out about the police are going to be really looking at um, uh, traffic around buses that are loading and unloading students. So the um, so the question from the resident was, what do I need to do? You know, how do I need to stop when I see a school bus? So, uh, so I think we got some guidelines on that, don't we, Jasmine? We do, and yeah, this is a really important subject. Um, so pretty much any two-lane or multi-lane paved across roadway that you're on, you're going to need to stop if you see the bus loading or unloading, whether or not it has the red stop sign pop out from it. If the bus is stopped and it's unloading or loading, the only time when you are not required to stop is when there's an um, unpaved or a barrier between the other lanes on the other side the traffic going the opposite direction from you so if there's not and i believe we only have about one real straight right. in stillwater that um qualifies for that where you don't have to stop and that's highway 51 i believe right yeah on the Sixth west Avenue. side yeah on the west side of town mm -hmm. so uh so if i'm approaching or i'm behind a bus mm -hmm. and the bus is stopped we need to stop so that the children can cross all the way across the road correct whether it, you see those kids crossing across the road or not, if that you, bus you is need, stopped. You can't go around the bus. Correct. Uh, also, um, it wasn't part of the question, but when do you start back? When, you, when, when can you, uh, you know, continue on your path? So you can start back as soon as the bus resumes its motion forward, and that's kind of the key to the cars to start going. And um, it's not just when that hand goes in either mm -hmm. to stop it's when the bus um, starts going. The fine for that, though, or the maximum penalty, I believe, is – $260 fine and then a one-year sus suspension of your license so um, that that's pretty hefty yeah. so be careful when you're out there and watch yeah. for I the mean buses. because these students these children I mean we could be talking you know even kindergartners mm -hmm. uh, we need to watch out for them they don't need they need to be watching for cars and being you know aware of their surroundings as well but having a car zoom by when they're not expecting it it's really it's just it's just detrimental yeah, that and that well, that's kind of scary that you said kindergartners. My cousin, yeah. she's a, she's a kindergartner and she goes to um I think Richmond, yeah. And so and she rides the bus sometimes and I couldn't even imagine. She's not paying attention. Her no, house yeah. could be off to the right and that's where she's supposed to run. So but I could see there. her running across the yeah. street. So yeah, go careful. give someone a hug before they leave. Yeah, and, you know, darting out into the road. So uh, it's really on all of us to uh, to take care of these vulnerable uh, citizens. Mm -hmm. right. Well, um. Thanks so much, everyone. I think this has been a really great show. Uh, so thank you for listening to FYI Stillwater. If you have questions for City Hall, email news at stillwater.org and the next podcast, we'll answer a few of them. FYI Stillwater is available on our website at stillwater.org and on Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio.